This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about the status of no cash bail, the state legislature's lame duck session, continued news of Illinois' population decline, and more. We'll also get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about those stories, proposed gun control legislation, the state overspending tax dollars, and more. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. Listen to all our podcasts at americastalking.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hello, I'm Katherine Mincer, a family farmer raising corn and soybeans in Christian County, Illinois. It might be hard to believe, but 96% of the farms in Illinois are owned and operated by family farmers just like me. Our job is to grow the healthiest, most affordable food around to feed my family and yours. Meet more farmers just like me at www.watchusgrow.org corn. A message from the Illinois Corn Marketing Board. This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. Here's some of the top stories from the past week. After a county judge deemed the ending of cash bail in Illinois unconstitutional, it appears some counties are going to continue the practice while others did not. That's until the Illinois Supreme Court stepped in on New Year's Eve. Kevin Bessler reports. The High Court on New Year's Eve halted provisions of the Safety Act that would eliminate cash bail for criminal defendants slated to start New Year's Day. State Representative Patrick Winhorse says the ruling was necessary. In certain judicial circuits, having cash bail and others not. And then you have municipalities that are across counties where one part of the municipality would have cash bail and the other wouldn't. Uh, it would have been chaotic. During an earlier rally for pretrial justice, State Representative Carol Ammons said those arrested are picking up the tab for the state's judicial system. What we have seen is an insistence that those charged should pay for the criminal justice system. The Illinois Supreme Court said in Saturday's ruling that the stay was needed to maintain consistent pretrial procedures throughout the state as the court prepares to hear arguments on the matter. I'm Kevin Bessler. Governor J.B. Pritzker says he's confident a measure he signed into law in 2021 to end cash bail statewide is constitutional despite a lower court ruling otherwise. Andrew Hensel has that story. The Safety, Accountability, Fairness, and Equity Today, or Safety Act, was approved by the General Assembly in January 2021. It makes several changes to the criminal justice system, including eliminating cash bail statewide, making it the first state to do so. Last week, a Kankakee County judge found the no-cash bail provision via violated the state constitution. On New Year's Eve, the Illinois Supreme Court halted the measure's January 1st implementation pending appeal. Pritzker spoke at an unrelated event on Wednesday, saying he's disappointed. You know, I signed the law and the legislators voted for it, and there is a common and comfortable belief that uh, it is constitutional. You know, the court system, you know, make a ruling on it through the Supreme Court uh, sometime in the next few months. I'm disappointed uh, that there's a delay in the implementation. It is unclear when the final decision on the measure will be made. I'm Andrew Hensel. Illinois lawmakers moving forward with a proposed ban on future sale of certain semi-automatic guns and magazines with more than 12 rounds. House Speaker Emanuel Chris Welch discussed the measure that advanced out of committee late Thursday. We are not taking away anyone's guns, but we will require that the serial numbers on these grandfathered weapons be associated with the owner's FOID account. There must be accountability. Courtney Redman, the Illinois director of the National African American Gun Association, said a gun ban will disproportionately impact his community. We want to make it more expensive. We want to make it more trying. And we want to restrict 
the black community from their rights. It is their right. It's their Second Amendment right. While already owned, semi-automatic guns would be required to be registered within 300 days. Magazines with more than 12 rounds would have to be modified or disposed of within 90 days. Democratic State Representative Bob Morgan rallied several dozen supporters of a gun ban Thursday. We're talking about banning the sale of assault weapons in the state of Illinois. We're talking about banning the sale of high-capacity magazines that are plaguing our communities with gun violence. During a committee hearing, Republican State Representative C.D. Davidsmeyer said he supports going after gun trafficking, but criticized the measure for requiring gun owners to register their semi-automatic firearms. Once again, I don't think the majority of, uh, of gun owners are going to register. And I, I'm not sure who's, who's going to round them all up. Proponents of a gun ban say they don't want to ban all guns, just semi-automatic guns. Opponents say there are commonly owned firearms and counties across the state likely won't enforce the measure. Lawmakers continue for lame duck session until January 10th. Illinois is again near the bottom of a list of moving company reports showing one-way trucks moving out. U-Haul's growth index report for 2022 shows moving traffic slowed throughout the country but remained busy in Illinois. Only behind California, U-Haul shows Illinois at 49th for a third year in a row, indicating the largest net losses of one-way trucks moving out. That's on top of the U.S. Census estimates released last month showing more than 110,000 people moving out of Illinois. Democratic State Senator Steve Stottleman said that's just an estimate. I'm not going to sit and argue facts and figures and, and you know, you're, you're dealing with estimates and, and projections. So who's right, who's wrong? It just depends on what data you want to look at and how you want to try to manipulate data for, for a political agenda. Incoming House Minority Leader Tony McCombie said those denying the state's population decline need to, quote, follow the science. We are losing people. There's no ifs, ands, buts about that. And the sooner we admit that and start tackling the policies for the reason, um, then we're going to see some positive changes. For a ninth year in a row, U.S. Census estimates showed the state lost population. State Representative Rita Mayfield sees seniors from her Waukegan community moving to warmer climates. But a lot of them have basically stated, hey, you know, I'd stay here if my taxes could get reduced a little bit further. So I do think we need to provide some type of property tax relief for our seniors so that we can keep them in their homes and keep them in the state. State Representative Adam Niemerg said the equation's simple, keep workers from finding better jobs elsewhere. Better public policy, lower taxes, and give businesses a reason to open here in the state of Illinois. Illinois' budget troubles are highlighted in a recent report showing the state overspending tax dollars year after year. Kevin Bessler has details. An analysis by Pew Charitable Trust shows that Illinois is one of only two states in the country with total shortfalls exceeding 5% of total expenses and the only ones with annual deficits in each of the last 15 years. Pew State Fiscal Health Manager Joanna Birnaka-Libestro says they added revenues and expenses and compared the two. The reason why we track this indicator is because it gives us that long view of state finances. And the bottom line is that um, it tells us whether state governments have lived within their means over the long term. She says 20 states recorded annual shortfalls in fiscal year 2020 when the pandemic triggered a public health crisis. Some states have an annual deficit here and there, like, you know, there was a recession or something like that, but then they, they get back in the clear. Illinois, unfortunately, uh, is recording annual deficits every year. The report says states can withstand deficits, but long-running imbalances, such as those carried by Illinois, can create an unsustainable fiscal situation. I'm Kevin Bessler, 
And those are the top stories from the past week from Illinois. Find more online at americastalking.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. Freedom and liberty are important to all of us in Illinois, from Rockford to Carbondale, from Quincy to Decatur. If you're looking for civil, intellectual conversations with those shaping the future of freedom, try the Future of Freedom podcast with me, Scott Bertram. We speak with leaders across the country in the greater conservative and libertarian movements. In-depth conversations about where the next intellectual battles will happen across the country. It's the Future of Freedom podcast. Find it at americastalking.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the Illinois in Focus podcast. This is the Crosstalk segment commentary powered by the Center Square. I'm Chris Krug, president of the Franklin News Foundation, publisher of the Center Square. Join my, my friend and colleague, Dan McHale. He's vice president of the Franklin News Foundation, news and content. And he's also the executive editor of the Center Square. Danny, what's happening? Hey, Happy New Year, Chris. Looking forward to getting to a successful 2023. New legislature going to be sworn in next week. Lame Nick session started yesterday, so we'll see what happens uh, uh, there. But uh, a lot of uh, potential for 2023. Well, there's a lot of things to follow. I mean, even before we really get started with legislators being seated, sworn in and seated, I mean, it, you know, the, there's unfinished business. Dan, I want to start with this story on cash bail, which is uh, one of the key provisions inside of the Safe T Act, which passed. This is this has been in the news uh, considerably. You have a number of states' attorneys uh, around the state of of Illinois. I think that when you look at the combined lawsuit, that there's roughly sixty states' attorneys uh, that have uh, issue with the with with this specific provision. Um, and that is the, you know, uh, the no cash bail uh, portion of this. Governor Pritzker spoke, um, believe it was on Wednesday, and he had said that um, he was fairly confident that this was going to make its way past the Illinois Supreme Court. Of course, this has been held up by a court in uh, in Kankakee, uh, and there's been an appeal to the, the state Supreme Court. So where where are we? What do we need to know? And um, like, you know, what's coming down the track on this? Right. So, uh, of course, this was a recurring story throughout 2022. Big campaign issue heading into uh, November's midterm um, elections. As you mentioned, um, more than 60 states attorneys across the state filed separate lawsuits challenging the constitutionality of the no cash bail provision of the Safety Act. They were consolidated into one since we've last talked to uh, our listeners on the Illinois and Focus podcast. A Kankakee County Court um, agreed with states attorneys, as you mentioned, um, and blocked the um, uh, enactment of this of the cashless bail provision, um, but only in those 63 counties um, that filed suit. So about half, the, and, and of course, the cashless bail provision was supposed to go into effect on Sunday, January 1st, just a few days ago. And there was all kinds of chaos and con- confusion because ha- uh, roughly half the state wa- was going to be going into uh, this new cashless bail provision, which means 
pre-trial criminal defendants, those charged with uh, crimes, um, you weren't going to be allowed to hold them uh, on bail, uh, meaning they'd have to post some sort of money to be able to be free pre-trial, be released from jail. But then the U.S. Supreme Court in a, uh, excuse me, the Illinois Supreme Court in a New Year's Eve, uh, late New Year's Eve um, order, um, temporarily halted enactment of it statewide. Um, um, saying it, it, it wants to hold hearings on it. And um, uh, so as of that New Year's Eve decision by the Illinois Supreme Court, the, the cashless bail provision was blocked. So it is not in effect um, as the law, as lawmakers intended it to be. Um, and now uh, nothing is scheduled yet with the Illinois Supreme Court, but there will be arguments heard before the Supreme Court, the, the state defending the constitutionality of cashless bail, the state's attorneys and sheriffs and others um, um, saying it's unconstitutional. And so we're sort of in this holding pattern. But yesterday, as you mentioned, Governor Pritzker was asked about the Supreme Court's decision for the first uh, time uh, since it uh, it came down on New Year's Eve. And he says he's, he strongly believes that the Illinois Supreme Court will rule it constitutional, that it will go into effect. And he vowed to continue fighting for enactment of cashless bail. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's interesting that the, that the that the Supreme Court wants to hold hearings on this um, because, you know, had the legislature done what legislatures virtually everywhere else in the United States uh, do uh, outside of Illinois and held uh, hearings and had discussions on the details of this bill back in 2021 when this was signed off on basically as another midnight run by the legislature, we wouldn't be in this situation. And I think that that's the, you know, the fundamental problem is you have these conversations, of course, we're coming back from the holidays and, you know, we have these conversations, um, you know, with friends and family about like, what, Hey, what's going on in Illinois? Boy, things here aren't good. When you get down to the grid of it and have the, and really like extract it. I don't think that people understand how lopsided politically Illinois is and how very little discussion uh is a, is occurring. I mean this is one of those this is in this is one of those instances where had there been meaningful conversation around this bill it would have come back it was going to get passed anyway. I mean it's you know I mean the Democrats can call whatever they want to call and they can vote on whatever they want to vote on and it's going to go through and it's going to get signed off by this governor, right? Because you have a supermajority in the House, you have a supermajority in the Senate, and you and you have a governor who's just going to just is is whether he's the one who's running this thing at this point, or if it's still the machine that's running this thing, it doesn't really matter uh, if he's not one one and the same with the machine. I mean, that's uh, probably a conversation for a different time. But for the sake of the state of Illinois and for the people that are, put their lives on the line around. Issues that are germane to this specific legislation. The failure to participate in a meaningful, open, public discussion is ultimately detrimental to the entirety of the state, and it endangers the lives of people. Yeah, so very excellent point. Um, But like as always often happens in Illinois General Assembly, this was a 700-page bill as we've talked about, 
introduced in the middle of the night, voted on less than 24 hours after it was introduced. These states' attorneys, these sheriffs, and this is a widespread, wide, a sweeping, sweeping bill that makes all kinds of changes to the criminal justice system. Make, yeah, make no mistake. This is not this is not like an, an add-on. This is not a hood ornament uh, on the vehicle. Right. This is like a rebuild of the vehicle. Yes. And the cashless bail provision is the most controversial aspect of it, but there are plenty of other aspects of it that affects law enforcement, that less affects the criminal justice system. Yet they did not invite state's attorneys or sheriffs or others in the law enforcement community who this is going to dramatically impact. They did not invite them to hearings um, to offer suggestions, um, to push back on the legislation. They just said, we wrote it. We're passing it. No discussion. Thank you. Deal with it. Yeah. So how do you pick up the pieces from this uh, and 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 go on? I mean, you know, the, the, the state Supreme Court, um, those who sit on it largely, you know, we talk about the U.S. Supreme Court and, you know, there's a lot of conversations about, well, you know, the, the way that the U.S. Supreme Court is set up, it's really lopsided. You know, it's more conservative than it is than it is liberal. And, and I mean, the numbers are there right now for conservatives in Illinois, where, I mean, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of cases that are, that are frankly, that, that just don't make it out of Illinois. They're decided by the Supreme court. You also have a pretty left-leaning Supreme court here in, in the state of Illinois. Um, how do they, how do they, how do they even begin to address this? I mean, I'd, we're going to have these hearings. That'll that'll be fine. What what do you expect to come of that? Well, that, that's a, that's a good question. I think it is. In first, let's start with their. Dis- and, and if you don't have any expectations, I mean, I, I'm putting you on the spot here and asking yeah, you. No, I mean, I, I'm asking you a tough question. I uh, mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll 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 explain how the process works. But yeah. it is interesting that the Supreme Court did step in on New Year's Eve and blocked enactment of it statewide. That's that's telling to a certain extent. In many instances when you had you've had partisan legislation, the Supreme Court just blanket rules in favor of of Democrats. So they did step in and, and recognized, hey, there's an issue here. We need to put a halt to it until we can have further conversations about it. So essentially what will happen is they'll set a date and um, Illinois Attorney General Kwame Rayol, who supports the legislation, supports the cashless bail provision uh, of of the Safety Act, he will make Mm -hmm. his arguments as to why it is constitutional. Um, Then Mm -hmm. then someone representing these state's attorneys will make arguments while they say it's not uh, constitutional. And remember, the Kankakee County Court um, said that uh, the provision, the the Cassius bail provision in the Safety Act is unconstitutional, largely because uh, it violates the separate separation of powers. Yeah, the, right. The legislature, uh, with the Cassius bail provision, essentially takes any decision making out of the hands of judges. The, j- the judges would not have discretion for either assigning bail to criminal defendants or saying a, 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 a defendant can't be released on any bail. That takes, that's a key point. Yeah. I mean, that, it takes, that's, that's a key point right, right. there. It, 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 it's, it essentially, it takes all discretion out of the ju- judiciary's hands. And the Kankakee County judge says, Whoa, slow down there. Uh, you can't take away uh, the criminal justice systems or, or, or the judiciary branch's ability to make decisions here. So 
they'll prevent, present arguments on, on both sides. The Supreme Court likely will not rule immediately. They'll go back behind closed doors, debate it amongst themselves. And then at some point after this hearing, they'll issue a ruling. And, and it, their ruling could be it's unconstitutional, send it back to the legislature. The legislature would have to take um, new action and actually maybe work with state's attorneys for once, work with sheriffs on drafting legislation um, uh, that is constitutional, or the Supreme Court can disagree with the um, uh, the Kankakee County judge and say, no, uh, this measure is okay, it's, um, it's constitutional, and then cashless bail will be enacted at some point shortly after that. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep an eye on this story, obviously, at thecentersquare.com. I think that this is one of those, you know, moments whether this gets, you know, whether this gets, you know, re- resolved in the in the short term or the long term, um, you know, my my personal preference would be that that we're thorough. Well, because the legislature wasn't thorough about this. That's why. in January twenty twenty one. So it's that's exactly why. Right. And Governor Pritzker. Governor Pritzker did say yesterday that he expects this not to be a week's process, that it's going to be a few months process. So we don't expect the Supreme Court to schedule hearings, for example, next week. We expect the Supreme Court to schedule hearings maybe in February, maybe in March, maybe not till um, April. But of course, at thecentersquare.com, we'll be following this very closely and updating our readers and our listeners on the Illinois Focus podcast. So last point on this. So some... This is the only provision inside the Safety Act that's being withheld, or is there a second one? Uh, no, this is the one. It's the only provision inside Correct. the Safety Act. Otherwise, the Safety Act is law, and all other aspects of that are are in are in play. Correct. And some of the other aspects of it include uh, the requirement that all sworn police officers statewide wear a body camera. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Of course, and, I, and and you know personally, I think that's okay. That's fine. Police police officers should. But going back to you know lawmakers passing this without bringing in the law enforcement community to conduct hearings, there's of course a cost associated with purchasing oh, yeah. and equipping officers um, uh, with body cameras. But they didn't get input from the from the law enforcement community on that well, provision or no, any other provision in the right. And there was no, I mean, it didn't even. And so that gave that gave local that gave local jurisdictions zero opportunity to budget for that. So I don't know where that money comes from. I mean, I guess they can go figure it out on their own. Yeah. And that's yes. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So um, let's move on and talk about, you know, talk about this uh, proposed uh, gun ban or, or new gun gun restrictions. Uh, this is a story that we've that we have talked about uh, now for the, you know, for the last year. And again, this is this is um, this is a piece of legislation that that has been dis- has been floated uh, in Springfield for quite a while. There is, you know, a, a growing media campaign to um, to pressure, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, passage of, of a, of a, of a gun, of a gun ban or, and, and uh, limitations for magazine capacities on um, semi-automatic pistols and, and other, you know, and other, um, other semi-automatic um, uh, weapons. Um, where are we with this? What, what, you know, what, I mean, we're, we're, I'd like to say that we're at square one with this, but it, I, it feels like the advocacy is way out in front uh, in Illinois per usual uh, telling or painting 
pictures of uh, scenarios that may or may not line up with the facts. So can you help us to, to, to set this story and to make sense of it? Yeah, so this um, this is one that could move a lot more quickly than the cashless bail provision of the Safety Act. Uh, as you mentioned, we are recording this on Thursday, January 5th. On January 4th, the legislature returned to session uh, today and tomorrow and maybe even Saturday. They have scheduled committee hearings, um, perhaps even full House and full Senate um, sessions. Um, uh, Democratic lawmakers who support this legislation, which you know, briefly would ban more than a hundred um, different types of uh, handguns, rifles um, that the the Democrats who, who filed the legislation deem are assault weapons. Um, it would also um, ban the sale of magazines in the state that have more that carry more than ten rounds. So anyway, the Democrats who support it um, want to get it passed before lame duck session ends and it ends January 10th. So early um, next week, it's January 5th now. So they have five days if they want to get this passed. And the reason they, they say they want to get it passed in lame duck session is that anything that's passed in lame duck session and then signed by the governor um, goes into effect immediately. Most legislation that happens um, in regular session, which, which kicks off January 11th immediately after um, a lame duck session is over. Most legislation has some sort of future enactment date. Um, many times it's January 1st of the uh, next year. Um, but Democrats are so gung ho to get this passed and on the books, they want to do it during lame duck session. Um, so we will be covering a lame duck session uh, all this week through the weekend if they go through the weekend and into uh, early next week. Um, at this point, though, heading into today, we you know we, we talked about it with our Illinois team um, this morning. We don't know as of right now because of the lack of transparency in the legislature. We don't know if if it's going before any committees today. We don't know if it's going before any committees tomorrow. We expect it to, but we don't know that for sure because it's not come up on any schedules. Yeah, and I mean, and I, I think that that's like, uh, I, I mean, that the issue itself and the way that the issue is being framed, um, you know, by uh, the Democrats that are trying to push this through. I mean, that's a that's that's one one you know that's that's worthy of its own discussion. But the but the 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 details of this, with regard to how it's being discussed, when it would be discussed, the potential for there to be. An open dialogue about this law—it's not going to happen. I mean, I mean, it's 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 just I'm just it's I'm I'm being pessimistic, right? But I'm also being realistic. That conversation's not going to occur. And so you know what? So 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 here's so my thought is, whatever happens with this, I would feel like my thought is, if I had to handicap this, this gets passed. It gets passed during lame duck, and we take the next year in the courts to work out the details of it. And regardless, the people of Illinois would never have had an opportunity to speak on yeah. gun rights groups. They're so much as saying they're they're not going to negotiate on this. That this this gun ban is absolutely unconstitutional, violates uh, Americans and Illinois residents. 
Second Amendment rights, and they uh, plan a lawsuit. If it does pass and Governor Pritzker does sign it, as and I agree with you, I expect it to happen during lame duck session, they will immediately file a lawsuit challenging it. And yes, it will have to get worked out in the courts, just like the cashless bail provision of the Safety Act. So, so with this, if it if this gets passed, as as you know, as as the details have been presented, what we know so far, right? I mean, because there is some speculation, right? I mean, because we don't know what the finished we don't know what the finished bill is going to look like, but we don't because there's no actual like back and forth. Like this isn't tennis that they're playing down in uh, in Springfield. You know, the ball isn't served, and and the by the Democrats, the Republicans get to volley, or vice versa. Right. I mean, this is basically the the Democrats have the ball. They put the ball in the basket and then they take the ball home when they're done scoring. Yeah, the, um, they, they have super does, majorities does this, in both chambers, the House and the Senate, and they just don't even pay yeah. attention to Republicans. They don't include them in negotiations. So, right. So if so, if, if this just gets rammed through. Which it, you know, it very well could. Would that give Illinois the uh, most. Uh, liberal uh, gun laws in the country? It certainly be up there with, with um, the most restrictive I mean, as a state, I mean, there are cities that have significant provisions, right? Right. And there are states, I mean, New York, California have pretty significant gun laws, right? Illinois ha- already has some gun laws that other states don't have, like the fire owner, firearm owner identification card and that whole debacle, you know? Do we think that this would give Illinois the toughest gun laws, you know, in in the United States with regard to uh, trampling the Second Amendment? Californians are are, are pretty tough, so, but it'd be right up there. Yeah, probably probably so. I, I'm not certainly not an expert on state um, gun laws, um, but but this would be among the most sweeping gun restrictions in the country and because it's a first amendment, uh, excuse me, a Second Amendment issue of the U.S. Constitution. This is not an Illinois constitutional issue. This would be a U.S. constitutional issue. This thing could wind up at the U.S. Supreme Court, yeah. assuming it gets passed as we ex- expect it to, assuming Governor Pritzker signs it as we expect him to. Um, this could make its way all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, Center Square is going to be paying attention to that story, too. Oh yeah, uh, following it closely. We've written do- dozens of stories about it, right? Know, since, <laughs> yes, yeah. there's a trove. If you want to go back and if you want to follow this story, th- there's no shortage of it. L- literally, there's probably a dozen or more stories that have been written about this. Um, I want to shift gears, you know, because that's unsettled. That'll 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 remain a, a topic of conversation, you know that that I think that we'll be having, you know, in real time, you know, if, for those people who really doubt into what's going on in the state. Uh, over the coming week, Chew, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, Pew Charitable Trust um, analysis that uh, that recently came out uh, shows that Illinois is one of only two states in the country with total tax revenues uh, falling short by more than five percent on the on the expense side, uh, and that we are the only state. Uh, with annual deficits in each of the past 15 years. Dan, this can't be true. Uh, We were all told during the the, uh, campaign, um, video after video after video, that we've had balanced budgets for the last four years and and that we've had, you know, balanced budgets prior to that. So, Dan, 
What's yes. up? <laughs> You're right. Every year under the Pritzker administration, um, he says uh, that um, the state lawmakers and he um, approved that budgets that were balanced, meaning um, uh, that they didn't spend more than they were bringing in uh, in tax revenue. Well, that's we've been saying all along. We've been not, not us saying it, but we've been quoting you know economists and experts in this stuff all along that Illinois hasn't had a balanced budget, not just in Pritzker's four years, going back more than a decade. Um, and essentially, what's done. Um, why Pritzker says this and why, uh, you know, House and Senate leadership say this is they use accounting tricks. They use gimmicks. They don't, they don't account for things such as pension debt and long-term, uh, healthcare debt for retired state, um, employees. Um, so, uh, that's why in the other state it was New Jersey, by the way, uh, that also, um, has spending exceed revenue by more than 5% every year for, I think it was 15 years is what Pew Cheryl trust study looked at. Um, and, and Pew, by the way, is nonpartisan, um, very balanced organization, not a conservative, uh, organization, um, uh, very trustworthy. No, no, not by a long shot. Right. Um, so they essentially just reaffirmed what we've been reporting all along. Illinois does not have balanced budgets. They spend more than they take in. And, and this should, this needs to be said too. That's despite countless tax increases uh, under Governor Pritzker. So we're taking more in more revenue than we ever have. We just continue to spend more than that revenue that we bring in. Yeah. Yep. 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 I want to talk about uh, out migration. You know, this is a topic again, this is a matter of, of debate and discussion. And, and frankly, I think the center square took a an, an un an absolutely unfair level of uh, derision from the governor's office about our reporting on out migration. They're adamant about you know the fact that Illinois was not shrinking, that Illinois was growing. Um, Illinois is not growing. I mean, it's it's just it's just not. Then the latest U-Haul survey, which I think is a pretty reliable indicator of truth says that there's way more vans leaving the state than coming in way more u-haul's done this this annual survey of its trucks um it it it, it logs when someone um rents a truck for example in illinois and then drops the truck off in tennessee or texas or you know wherever have you it logs that and it does the same thing the other way if you rent a truck in indiana and you drop the truck off in Illinois, then that counts as an in-migration stat. And then the other way, it, it's an out-migration stat. And for the third year in a row, um, Illinois ranked 49th on its list from a uh, out-migration standpoint, meaning far more more people are leaving Illinois or are running U-Haul trucks and uh, taking them to other states and dropping them off in other states um, than than any other state but one. Uh, that one state being California um, is the only one where U-Haul says more trucks are leaving California than coming into California. So Illinois finished second for the third year in a row, uh, second worst for the third year in a row. And of course, right before Christmas, and I can't remember if we had a chance to talk about it um, on this podcast uh, because of our podcast schedule during the holidays, right before Christmas, I, I think we did now that I think about it, uh, the U.S. Census uh, issued its annual 
updated census or uh, census app. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, the the census backs up U-Haul study as well because they said Illinois lost more than a hundred thousand in population between July first, twenty twenty one, and June thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Um, so the state continues to shrink. Of course, we lost uh, after the the uh, the census, the the official census in 2020. We lost the congressional seat because of the out migration. Um, we're we're already on path to lose more congressional seats in 10 years if this pattern continues. And there is no no reason to believe this pattern is not going to continue. The U-Haul. Uh, this is straight from the story that we published. This is Greg Bishop's story from uh, from uh, Wednesday of this week. The U-Haul report is on top of U.S. Census estimates released last month showing more than 110,000 people moving out of Illinois. Yes, on, and that's on, I mean, that's, that's a, on net, too. So it's, not, it's, right. it's more than 100,000 because some people for jobs or whatever purposes have moved into Illinois. So the 110,000 figure is a net when you add up right. the, those leaving and those moving in. Well, it's not as if people aren't moving to Illinois. Some people are moving to Illinois. Why they're moving to Illinois, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, you know, if it isn't for work, um, and and if you're not here to, to to be closer to family, I mean, then you must be here for the benefits. Uh, I mean, uh, really, I mean, because I mean, what? Why else would you? You know, why else would you would would you come here? Um, and that's not to knock Illinois. I mean, I live here. I mean, I love Illinois. I would like Illinois to be a little bit better at being Illinois. Than Illinois has been in recent years, a little. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's, it's. It's. This is an incremental thing. Let's worry about being a little bit better rather than being a little bit worse. If we can get the momentum to move in the in the opposite direction, I, I think that that would be a that would be a, a starting point. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, geez, I. <sighs> I, I can't believe that we're having discussions about out migration and whether or not it's real. I mean, as if, like, as if people who live here, who have stayed, don't know people who have left and aren't coming back. And it seems to be propagated primarily by Governor Pritzker. I mean, I'm not sure what bubble he lives in, but I mean, this doesn't make any sense. How how in the world are we having a? Are we still having debates and discussions about? Illinois growing or shrinking? Seriously. Well, there, yeah, there really is no bait, the, debate. There's talking heads who, before an election, you you you, you know, want to try and distract and say otherwise, but it's just simply not true. So, Dan, um, oh gosh, what else do we have going on here in the state? There's one other thing that, that was on my mind. And have you been out of the house in the last 24, 48 hours? Yes. I mean, obviously, you've been bunkered down, buckled down, getting work done, right? Yes. I, I make a point to get outside um, as much as I can, depending on the weather. Uh, I don't know that I've traveled anywhere in the last 24 hours. I was going to say, have you driven past a gas pump? I have not. So at the end of last week, I mean, right before uh, we, we went into to New Year's Day, I, I filled up uh, uh, gasoline and I, and I happened to be like in East Dundee. Okay. So not normally over that way, but I was in East Dundee, Illinois, paid $2.87 a gallon for 87 octane regular. I was pretty happy about that. It was one of the lower prices I've seen in a while. I drove uh, last night um, and every single pump in the suburbs from Park Ridge to Crystal Lake, $3.39 a gallon on the top end. 50 cent change. 
I have not needed to pick up gasoline, but my question is those stickers that they put on the pumps that expired as of December 31st, is there a plan to cover those stickers? Is there a, is there a plan to update those stickers? There's no plan to update them. If I were a, 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 a gas station owner or operator, I would have ripped those off at the stroke of midnight on December 31st. Um, gas prices are ticking. Of course, they went up because the gas tax increase that was suspended for six months um, did go into effect on January 1st. We're going to get another gas tax increase on July 1st. Because of 40-year high inflation, those gas tax increases are going to be more than what they have been in past years. And we did a story, a national story at the SenatorSquare.com over the weekend that indicates uh, we should expect to see gas prices um, well, nationally, nationally above $4 a gallon again by May because Illinois is always among the highest in the country, always the highest in the Midwest, they very well could see exceed five dollars a gallon again in Illinois. Can't wait, Dan. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, even when the topics of conversation are not pleasant. That seems to be most weeks, doesn't it? It's true. It's true. I like I like your I like your firm grip on reality, my friend. Let's call it to an end for Dan McCaleb. This has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to the Crosstalk segment, commentary powered by the Center Square. Now over to Greg Bishop for a look at what the Center Square will be working on next week. Next week, the team from the Center Square will cover the inauguration of Governor J.B. Pritzker and other statewide constitutional officers, the final day of the current General Assembly, and the start of the new General Assembly. Follow along at thecentersquare.com slash Illinois. This has been Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop.